This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What would it look like for you if you could secure and deliver your very first TEDx talk in 2018 or early 2019? We'd love to help you find out. For more information, visit us at thespeakingprogram.com and sign up for our free video training today. to For the Love of Speaking podcast with your host, multiple time TEDx speaker, international bestselling author, and top rated radio show host, Corey Poirier. It is Corey Poirier here, and uh, I certainly am having a fantastic day myself. Uh, today, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to be here for very long, uh, but certainly wanted to uh, check in really quickly, um, do some inviting here of people right away off the top. But um, what I wanted to talk about today is to PowerPoint or not to PowerPoint. So what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is that um, a lot of people struggle with the idea of whether or not you should uh, use a PowerPoint as a presenter or a speaker. And so I get that question often is, should I use a PowerPoint? Shouldn't I use a PowerPoint? And so here's what I would say to that. I would say that you can use a PowerPoint if you want to. And I will say as well that many clients will expect you to use a PowerPoint in this day and age if they're inviting you to present at their event. Uh, if you're presenting within your company, as uh, presenting a message to the staff or presenting a, uh, a message to people within the company, then the company that you work for may expect you to use PowerPoint. Because at the end of the day, PowerPoint or Keynote or whatever version you use of slides, it's still the norm and the expected. I remember years ago, maybe five years ago, people said, oh, PowerPoint, that's, you know, we're not going to be using that again in the future, and people are going to give up on PowerPoint, and it's, you know, it's not going to be the norm anymore, but here we are all these years later, and still, when I talk to a client about presenting with it a PowerPoint, really, it, it throws them off, and they're saying, you know, at the end of the day, uh, well, we're used to having visuals on the, on the screen, so my answer when people say, should I PowerPoint or not PowerPoint, what I would say is it really depends. It depends on the, the type of talk you're doing, speech you're delivering, what the, the organization you're speaking to expects, uh, what the norm is, meaning what the other people are doing. And so there's a lot of variables. So I'd say you have to kind of go with your instinct and also ask some questions to determine whether or not you're going to use a PowerPoint. But what I will say is that at the end of the day, it's not going to hurt you to use a PowerPoint if you use it the proper way, and it's really gonna hurt you using PowerPoint if you don't use it the proper way. So what do I mean by that? Well, for a number of years, the way I present it was I, uh, I would have all these bullet points on my slides and I would have to look back at the slides and see what I was supposed to say and look at the slides for my cues to say, okay, I'm supposed to say this here. And I literally was reading the slides. And so I used to hand out evaluation forms at talks and events I put on and my, my approval ratio, so the number of people that said we'd love this talk, was stagnant. It wasn't increasing. 
And so I said, something's got to give. There's something I need to change. And so I looked at all the things I was doing. And the thing that I realized that I didn't enjoy when other speakers did it was turn around and full on read power, uh, bullet points on a PowerPoint slide. And so what I said is I got to figure out a different way. And so then I went and looked at surveys of who was being voted the best presenters in the world. And Steve Jobs kept coming up over and over again. So what I did was I went online on YouTube and I watched some Steve Jobs presentations. And lo and behold, I noticed the way he was presenting was totally different than me. Rather than having all these bullets on, the, on his slides, he would have a visual of, for example, an iPod or a, a, a Mac. And basically it would just be that image. And then the rest of the presentation based, you know, for that slide would be a story he would tell around that image or about that image. Or if he put up an image of an iPod, he would talk about the iPod. But the only image was just the picture of whatever he was talking about, or a, we could even call it a cue or a trigger for what he was going to talk about. And so as an audience member, now you're seeing a visual that you're going to remember and tie in with the story. So having said that, uh, what I did differently is I said, okay, that's what Steve Jobs is doing. And mine instead are basically just words on a, on a slide that people have to read. And I have to read myself while I'm standing up there. What if I were to just put images on my slides and the images then become the story and it's the trigger to me to say, okay, this is the story right now. So for instance, my spider method I talk about in our program, uh, I could just put a, a spider now on the, on the slide rather than talking about what the spider method is. I can put a a spider on the slide. This serves a bunch of purposes. One, when people want to hand out my slides to everybody, uh, you know, and, and basically distribute my slides. Uh, the cool part is I still have to be there to present them because uh, if you haven't been there to see my presentation, a spider on a slide means nothing. <laughs> so, uh, so it's, you know, it served as second purposes. They want to bring me back in or, or uh, reach out to me to maybe do a webinar to explain what my slides actually say, because now they just have images and I don't even put the text together. So nobody can crack the code. Uh, so having said that, that was the switch. And so I give credit in this case to Steve Jobs, his presentations. I looked at what he was doing and said, this is working. I love the visual. I love that he has an image on the slide. So why don't I do the same? So if you look at my PowerPoint and you come to one of my talks and see that there's only images on the slide, first of all, credit Steve Jobs. But what I can tell you is when I went out and did those surveys, the approval rating went up by almost 20%. So I was getting in the 90% almost overnight. And the only change I made was to have images on my slides rather than me turning around to read slides. Uh, so it was a very powerful message and lesson to me. And so when people say to me to PowerPoint or not to PowerPoint, what I would say again is it depends, but know that even if you do use PowerPoint, you can actually just use images and that'll serve the purpose. So and I just noticed, do I have something on my head here? Oh, I do. I like, I don't know where, where that came from. Uh, anyway, I, I just noticed that was sitting there and right here as well, I think. Wow. Interesting. Uh, welcome to, to Wednesday. I was going to say Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, so uh, think about your slides and how could you present them in a way that they serve the visual cue and even be a visual cue for you to stay on target and know where you're at in your presentation, but in such a way that you don't have to look at and read the slides. At the very most, you can just take a glance and see it's a, a spider if you're talking about the spider method, as it were in my case. Uh, and sometimes they'll have a monitor in front of you, which means you don't even have to even take a glimpse and look back. Uh, even some of the greatest TEDx talks, you'll see them stand to the side and take a peek at their slide. But again, they're not reading uh, their slide. Because the thing is, if, if, um, if a person has to read your slides, then why, why show up? Why waste everybody's time? Why don't you just email them your slides and they can just read all the bullet points and you don't have to be there. And that's what I realized is that I wasn't the presentation. 
the slides were the presentation and I was just supplementing it. And I needed to reverse that to make sure I was the presentation and the slides were just the supplement, if you will. And I'll tell you, uh, in terms of when people ask me, well, how do you remember the stories? Well, the visual cues to me are the, you know, if I see the picture of the spider, then I know what that story is. Uh, and how I learned that, you know, how I learned to use that sort of system, if you will, goes back to my days in stand-up comedy. Uh, for instance, uh, I went on this, I share this uh, every now and then, maybe she's listening, the girl that I dated at the time that this story involves, but I went on a date with a girl, a blind date, and on the first date, that blind date, we were playing pool at Dooley's, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the name Dooley's, just think of any pool hall, uh, we were playing pool at a pool hall, and she leaned over and said, how would you feel if I told you that I had recently had scurvy? So she said, I had scurvy recently. And you're probably thinking the same thing that I was thinking is scurvy. Isn't that a pirate's disease? Like, has anybody had scurvy in the, you know, well, since the, I don't know, the 1800s? Uh, but apparently she did. And so uh, I asked her how she had scurvy and she told me that she noticed one of her toenails had changed color and she touched it and it fell off. I won't go too much deeper into the story. It's, but it doesn't get much more detailed than that. I did picture the doctor, you know, going through the notes of the book in the back going, scurvy, oh my God, look, trying to get back to the 1800s in his notes to see what the treatment would be. Uh, but the long story short is, and there's a, an ending to that joke that you can hear if you uh, check out my stand-up on YouTube or what have you. Uh, but the moral of the story is, is that that joke, the name of it, became Scurvy Girl. So anytime I think of Scurvy Girl, I can tell you that whole joke from start to end without anything else. So in comedy, for the comics that were brand new, I used to give them a tip and say, hey, just, you know, if you have five words that are trigger words, like scurvy girl, I guess that's, you know, not just a word, but multiple words. But if you had five statements like that, you could literally put, if you want, you could put them on your hand and just glimpse every now and then and you see scurvy girl and that tells you what joke you're supposed to be at to keep you the time. So I always remembered that when I thought about those visuals is I used to be able to do that with just the name scurvy girl. That told me the, the story. Well, what image can I put on the slide? That will be a powerful image for the audience, but also will be a good memory and trigger for me. And so that's what I decided to do. So if you want to know to PowerPoint or not PowerPoint, there's my secret. That's how I um, make my PowerPoints memorable and don't use them as a crutch is basically I have the images. They tell me the story. They keep me to time and they serve as a powerful image uh, for the um, for the audience as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's essentially what I do. And so I'd love to see if. You know, if you're willing to try this, if you have a PowerPoint coming up, or I should say a presentation coming up, where you're using PowerPoint or Keynote or some form of slides. And so what I'd love you to do is in the comments here, if you do have that coming up, tell us what you have coming up, and then tell us uh, as well, are you willing to try this? Are you willing to give this a try? Uh, I think it'll serve you very well. Uh, so I'd love to hear in the comments if you're willing to give this a go, uh, or your experience with. Uh, PowerPoint, whether it's having too many bullets on the screen or whether it's using visuals. So let us know your experience with this. And in the interim, uh, what I'd love for you to do, if you're so inclined, if you'd like a, a free copy of one of my books, feel free to go to thebookofpublicspeaking.com and grab a free copy of my book, The Book of Public Speaking. Uh, so it's called The Book of Public Speaking, and so it's an easy website, thebookofpublicspeaking.com. Love for you to go check it out. And basically, it's a hundred and some page book, so it's not like a, a little tiny book. It's a hundred and some page book uh, about the speaking business. It uh, reveals interviews we've done with people like Tom Ziegler, sharing how his father, Zig Ziegler, uh, became such uh, a powerful presenter and, and speaker in, in this world of professional speaking.
Uh, so I decided for this month, for sure, at the bare minimum, I want to make the book available for free. It was on Amazon not that long ago at a cost, and I decided to make it available for free. I think you can actually still buy the Kindle on Amazon right now, uh, but why do that if you can get it for free? So go visit that uh, website. I'll put the, um, the link in the comments here. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you guys have a magical rest of your Wednesday. Check out more Christine Campbell music and watch for upcoming Christine Campbell events at christinecampbellmusic.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.